I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to another edition of Supercoach Edge with week one of Supercoach Finals in the book. We're well and truly on the home straight now and the whips are most certainly cracking as we head towards the finish. I'm fresh out of trades and with it, any Supercoach burden and responsibility. And speaking of which, probably appropriate, <laughs> I figure it's a great segue to welcome you in, Liam. <laughs> Is that something you've been accustomed to for the, the past few weeks now? <laughs> yeah, it's nice. It's nice not having to worry about what trades you're going to make. But yeah. So equally, like you just look at players, you're like, I wish I'd traded them in. I wish I could I bring in Rowan Marshall or you know Redmond or Redmond. Yes, Redmond. Yeah. Um, he was. He Redmond. was your um. He was your your uh, nice little pod from a few weeks ago. Um, I think it was off the back of one of the good games that was sort of a bit of an insight into his scoring potential, and uh, you threw his name out there, and I thought. I don't know, maybe, maybe, but uh, yeah, he's uh, just goes to show you haven't lost it, Liam. You haven't lost it, so no. Um, you know, you've got still got that uh, that nous of uh, of scouting talent. So use that for uh, for next year. <laughs> Hopefully, he's definitely one that's on my list for next year. Give you a little yep. sneaky thing there, but Ooh. I guess uh, Damon. I mean, I'm not in many Supercoach finals at home <laughs> with, with the way my scoring's been. But how'd you yes. pull up? I mean, I'm sure you're in a few for week one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe a couple of uh, what we call them consolation cups or mm. participation plates, um, <laughs> which uh, which you're in for our super coach I mean, cash all of league. Them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least you're a chance of some sort of trophy. Yeah. Uh, or it's like I'm thinking of one of those plastic plates, more so yeah. than than like you know a you know a silver plate that you get mm. from Wimbledon or whatever. Um, but yeah, of the uh, the five cash leagues that I qualify, qualified for for finals, I progressed through to two prelims and two semifinals. 
whilst uh, funnily enough in Bryce Mitchell's Legends League, who obviously most of us uh, would be familiar with on Twitter for his great price projections work, it was a very close shave and a one by just one point. Mind you, I'm not really across this league as much because uh, there's not really anything at stake apart from pride. Um, But yeah, you've got the likes of... um, uh, M Chalice and uh, a few others in there as well uh, from the Supercoach community. So um, good fun to um, to get uh, get the win anyway. And I don't have no idea who I'm playing this <laughs> this coming week. <laughs> um, may even have the week off. Who knows? But um, I'll, I'll pay close attention. Probably more so when um, I start losing spots from my cash leagues if mm. that happens. But fingers crossed, it doesn't. Yeah. But speaking of close saves, David, uh, we must make mention of some exciting news here at Supercoach yes. Edge. As we uh, welcome aboard new supporters of our humble little production in the form of Manscaped. Yes. Well, Manscaped are the best in men's below the waist group. Probably should use this as a bit of a microphone, shouldn't we? Not that you should be using it as a microphone, but we'll use it as a prop microphone. So Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels, poet, and didn't know it, Manscaped. Manscaped recently launched the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, the performance package. So join over 5 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, the good folk of Supercoach Edge. Mm. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code EDGE at manscaped.com. Now, the good folks at Manscaped lobbed us some of their products, which you'll see one of these here in the form of a uh, tidy little performance package, as they call it, containing the Lawnmower 4.0, which is what I've got here in my hand, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Trimmer, for those of you who are super hairy, which I fall sort of maybe in that category. Uh, you also have the um, uh, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, funnily enough, but um, <laughs> haven't used it yet, but uh, we'll, I'll get back to you on, on how that goes. Uh, and also the um, what's called the Crop Reviver Toner. Um, but with that, we also got uh, performance boxer briefs and what's called a shed travel bag, which um, I've actually been in need of another little travel bag when I'm um, abroad. Like on the on the weekend yeah. just gone, I was I was in San Remo doing some work with the um, the AFLW um, team for the Hawks, and I was actually looking for for my old plastic version of of this, which I've had for for years on end. So. You've come at a great time, Manscaped. So thank you so much for looking <laughs> after us. <laughs> yes, and there are fourth-generation lawnmower trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, which we all want to avoid, uh, thanks yeah, to their advanced skin-safe so. technology. The, the lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 4,000K LED spotlight, unit, just in case you need a more precise shave. Because the tri- because this trimmer is waterproof, you can also say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor, which is another very handy little, uh, you know, just upside. Don't have to clean up, which is <laughs> always good. <laughs> exactly right. You don't have to um, strategically, you know, balance yourself on the edge of a bloody uh, table yeah. or whatnot. But um, if you're watching us on YouTube, and if you're not, uh, I recommend that you tune in because you'll be able to see it uh, in hand and you'll hear the little buzz here. And it is because I've turned on the uh, the lawnmower 4.0, and you'll see the little light there. Awesome. So I actually turned the lights off um, to test out this little <laughs> bad boy, and must say that it works an absolute treat. And even more pleasingly for myself, I can finally ditch the miner's helmet with a little torch <laughs> on top in my dimly lit bathroom because that was uh, it was interesting times. And um, yeah. <laughs> having having to explain that to uh, to the other half when she walks in, and <laughs> you've got a miner's helmet on. What are you doing? Oh, I'm just it's nothing. Um, so yes, uh, it is uh, absolutely brilliant. And the fact that 
the fact that it's waterproof makes it even easier. Mm. So um, yeah, very, very nice product. Now the, um, the Weed Whacker ear and nose trimmer is also a waterproof um, product and provides proprietary skin safe technology, they call it, hard to say, um, but does the job, which helps reduce nicks, snags and tugs. So thankfully I'm yet, I guess, I guess I'm yet to be of the age where the hair is coming <laughs> out of my ears. But um, if my eyebrows are anything to go by, uh, the old nose weeds will be coming thick and fast. So um, super handy for those odd stray ones, that's for sure. <laughs> Yes, and also in the pack is the Crop Preserver, which is below-the-waist deodorant, and the Crop Reviver, which is also below-the-waist toner that will change the way you approach your daily hygiene routine. Yes, gone are the days of waking up and smelling like uh, an absolute foot or like the understyle of uh, G-Train's G-Train's shock strap. (laughs) We all know G-Train. Absolute ripper of a, of a player back in the day, but apologies, G-Train. Please don't bash us um, or track me down because <laughs> uh, I did love you, even though you were a St Kilda player. Um, but a nice little bonus is the performance package Yes, in the fact that it comes in the form of two gifts, two free gifts, the Manscaped boxes and the Shed travel bag, which, uh, which you'll see right there. Uh, and I must say the boxes pre- pleasantly surprised me. No more riding up the leg or loose ball gets in the form of having to blatantly, I guess, rearrange your lads when out in public. Mm. And full honesty, that's not just me reading lines off a script. That's that's absolutely genuine, um, you know, because the one thing I hate is wearing briefs that ride up your legs. I've got um, obviously briefs that go down, you know, sort of halfway down your thighs. And when they start to get on in age a bit, they start to ride up mm. and they absolutely shit me and become genuine jocks. And unless you're sort of used to it, um, which I wasn't, you're always having to pull them down your legs. So absolutely brilliant. And I need to get my hands on some more. So love the fabric, super soft. Um, so check them out. So meanwhile, the, uh, the shed travel bag is, uh, as we said, the nifty travel sack to take all of these devices and more with you wherever the wind takes you. <laughs> Very nice pun there with the use of sack as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they should work it into the marketing. That actually wasn't in any of the brief that they sent. So Manscaped, if you want to pay us any extra for that, um, not that, that we're getting paid very at the clean. moment. <laughs> very clean. Ah, clean cut. Yeah. Clean cut. Clean cut. Uh, anyway, as part of our partnership, you, the good folk of the Supercoach Edge community, can get access to 20% off and free shipping with the code EDGE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping when you enter the code EDGE at manscaped.com. And that's free worldwide shipping. Sorry, I don't know. If you're mm. listening to us from Russia. Uh, yeah. From, we can see the analytics. Uh, there actually yeah. is someone from Russia. Yeah, I know. That's why I didn't. <laughs> Although having said that on YouTube, because we're we using blocked. like, yeah, my money don't jiggle, jiggle. It falls. It actually like... <laughs> We're now blocked from uh, from our, our vodcast being shown on YouTube to audiences in Russia. So if you haven't seen our episode up, um, or they're probably not able to watch us watch this episode at the moment, so they won't hear this. So we're we're preaching mm. to no one. But yeah, yeah unfortunately. <laughs> but yes. yeah, Russia, well, yeah. England, anywhere, all that, anywhere you want, free free shipping. So <laughs> unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Very, very nice. Well, let's down tools by kicking it off with our first segment, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes, in the good, the bad, and the ugly, we uh, 
go through a, a bit of quick recap of our respective weeks and the players that uh, stood out for both good and not so good reasons. And it probably doesn't come as a shock that I am kicking off this week, uh, like every week, I feel. Uh, but anyway, my score for the week, I did have a bit of a shocker <laughs> with a score of just 2,196. And I'll, I'll touch on why that happened a little bit later. Uh, my overall ranking, I actually dropped down to 19,083. So, yeah, nice little drop there, which is not good, uh, with no trades and having to cover for injuries across the field. Basically, I think the queue is in the rack, unfortunately, yeah. for this season, with me not really being able to do too much uh, too much as a result. But, yeah, I'm eagerly making my, the only changes that I can, which are pretty much captaincy loopholes. Uh, but <laughs> keep, keep on doing it. So yep. as I mentioned, trades, there were none made this week because I have zero trades, as we all know. Uh, now onto the good. The good this <laughs> the good this week came from Rory Laird. Great VC ah, yes. option. Very happy with him. 44, uh, sorry, 144. Welcome score in my dwindling side. So, you know, you gotta take, gotta take that when you get it. Uh, yep. in the bad, I've got Jack McRae. It just hasn't been seen, like just doesn't seem to be hitting those heights that we're used to. And a score of 82, just again, simply, and I say it week in, week out, isn't good enough. Um, and he, I'm going to put him on notice, is in a big risk of not getting a call up for my side next season. He's he's very much not not the pod, not sorry, not the primo he's no. been. He's fallen away massively. Massively. Um, so, yeah, I'm pretty certain he's probably not going to be there. No. Next year, unfortunately. Now onto the ugly and with a score of well, 2,196, uh, there could be a number of players that fit into this category, but I'm going to give it to myself. Oh, I was actually just looking at my team and I realized that I knew that Cogs was a laid out, um, but I caused myself a little bit of mischief, um, <laughs> essentially deciding, not deciding, but essentially copying a zero despite actually having cover for him because I stuffed up the captaincy loophole and forgot that I need to have two emergencies <laughs> on the forward line, not just the one. So oh, no. I am the ugly this week. Uh, well, that, that actually rings a bell. I think um, uh, Emper in our uh, super coach edge cash league did something similar, but I think he, I don't know if it was him. Did he stuff up and put the VC on someone that he didn't intend to? Or like, sorry, the C. There was something that happened think, in the um, yeah, in I the cash league. Off memory, he put it. He had the C and the VC on the same player. Oh, not on the same player, but in the same game. Oh yes, yep. So he he just missed out on the basis that he um, the two that you basically couldn't do anything with it because there was the two players oh, in the same game. Yep. Now we've all been there. We've all been there. Um, and I I I had my own sort of. Even though even though I'm in um, some finals, I was over at a mate's place on the Sunday and I had the chance of screening uh, Cully's score off the bench and I'll get into my team shortly in a moment, but it just reminded me that I was able to screen Cully's score off the bench and then if he scored shit, put Hobbs on field. And I thought, nah, I'll back in Cully. Just was an absolute smartass and thought, oh, yeah, he's punched out some nice scores had a really nice scoring base or floor uh, over the past two weeks, backed him in and it wasn't to be. So I missed out on the, I think it was about 28 points or something in the end. So it wasn't too bad, 
But um, it was a bit of a wake-up call for myself not to be so complacent because mm. um, I thought it was going to actually jeopardize a few of my um, league head-to-head matchups. So thankfully it didn't. <laughs> um, but moving on to, uh, I guess, the overall intricacies of my weekend that was, my score was 2,438 and overall ranking ended up rising. Thank God I rested the, uh, the slide mm. that I was having over the past couple of weeks and rose 439 spots to now sit 3,738 which is my highest rank for the season, actually. Um, But I must concede now that unfortunately the aim that I was sort of um, putting putting out there to make the top 1K is now out of reach, unfortunately, um, because ideally I would have probably been on the cusp of that at the moment. But those two previous weeks where I've slid have kind of, um, yeah, sort of burst that bubble. But all be, will be. But uh, I must make mention of some weird numerology going on with... uh, (laughs) the figure of a hundred of late. So I slid a hundred spots last week and now I scored a hundred points more than last week's score. Uh-huh. So hopefully that means next week, it means that my entire team scores a hundred plus across the board. <laughs> is, is, is the universe trying to sell me something? Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Uh, I'm praying. I'm praying to the super coach or, cards. Unf- or it, it may alternatively mean that uh, one player scores a hundred in my team <laughs> and it bombs. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully not. not. Hopefully, hopefully not. not. Hopefully, hopefully that the, uh, the super coach guys have forgotten the, uh, that episode a few weeks ago where I gave him the finger. Remember mm. that? Yeah. 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 I do remember that. So I've, I've just, I've just reminded them like an idiot. <laughs> um, anyway, so on with the trades, I ended up pulling the trigger on my last two trades for the season and, uh, Ended up getting rid of Baldwin, who was my um, my season long. <laughs> I actually forgot that I had him in my team, and ended up trading him uh, to Jai Cully and traded a Hewitt to Stewart. Poet didn't know mm. it, had to do it. Fit so well, just with that uh, that rhyme right there. <laughs> and yes, absolutely liberating to be out of trades now. And I actually felt like you know the famous scene in Seinfeld where Kramer slides into Jerry's apartment in the episode titled The Contest, slams his money down on the table and screams, I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) So that was me with Kramer. I've I've sort of cut my um, my long locks that I've had over the past few weeks. I could have um, been channeling uh, Kramer there with the the wavy hair as he slams down on the table. Um, But yeah, I'm out out of responsibility and uh, everything else. So uh, it's all in the hands of the super coach gods now and luck. So on with the good, the obvious one is uh, Marshall, who put in a career best game on the weekend for a whopping 173. But to highlight another good performer who uh, turned their form around, it would have to go to Dunkley. And I spoke of Dunkley in the bad category for myself last week, but as I noted then, I was backing him in to turn around his form, given he had scored a ton in 12 of his previous 15 games prior to that three-week rough trot. And he repaid the faith with a nice little 130, which was uh, which is nice to see. In the bad, you could probably guess um, who it's going to be. It's either one guy or another guy, and both of these guys come up in the bad and ugly. So I had to flip a coin, and I've gone with Short here, and mm. he's drawn the short straw, you could say. So how do I describe him? Annoying, frustrating, all the above. So would have been out of my side had Hewitt not been ruled out for a second consecutive week and mm. saved his ass. So now I'm stuck with him for the rest of the season and must say, unless he turns it around, we'll have his paper stamped for 2023 and we'll be out of my side. Ooh. So absolutely time to atone. He's, he's, he's now playing for a spot, a future spot in my side. Mm. Um, so it's not looking too rosy at the moment. On to the ugly and you can probably guess who it is. It is that man, Jack Crisp. 
He was now all but overtaken short on my blacklist. He scored a season-low 60, and he's brought his run of scores under 100 to six consecutive weeks now. And he is, again, someone who is writing himself into my burn book for 2023 if he doesn't get his shit into gear. But I was thinking, it's, it's really strange because the Pies have won, what, like 10 on the trot now or something? Something weird. Mm. And he scored shit in six of those. Like, it, it doesn't really... Makes yeah, sense. It seems weird... like it would line up, yeah. like with their good their good form. Um, so maybe I'm thinking that the Pies need to start losing in order to play for him to play well, given that you know his his performance isn't aligning with the team's winning form. Yeah. So Collingwood and um, Craig McRae, <laughs> just going to make a bit of a bit of a plea. Just can you sacrifice just one win, turn it into a loss? Like if you've 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 just you've been so lucky. It's, I think it, I don't know how many of those wins they've had under seven points, but I think it's at least five plus. So please sacrifice at least a win for the greater good, for the mm. greater Supercoach good. Yeah, of Chris turning around his scores because yeah. there's so many of us in, in uh, Supercoach land that have him, and uh, the finals will be hinging upon his performance because mm. we don't have the luxury of trades anymore. A lot of us are out of trades, and we just need him to turn around his form. And he's, he's the one blight on our is the is the uh, ink blot on our uh, on our <laughs> team sheets, so uh, we'll see what happens. But it'd be funny though if they lose and he pulls in a blinder, <laughs> you'll know what the, uh, the the secret tonic is. You'll we'll know that Craig McRae was listening. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah, that too. But uh, let's move on and have a look at our not that it's as relevant as it was, uh, you know, of weeks gone by. But our usual head to head, just roll through it because. Um, not that we're really paying attention now, but we'll do it up until the end of the season. And uh, we have myself with 14 wins, six losses, and a point differential of plus 1,087 points. And yourself, Liam, you're on six wins, 14 losses, and that's um, same differential, obviously. Mm. So is what it is. Um, and I think, as you said there, the fact that uh, you forgot to put another E on a bench player and you've copped a, a self-inflicted donut just shows the state of where our head-to-head's at. So... Not that we're paying any attention to it. It is what it is. I claimed victory a few weeks ago. So, um, yeah. We'll see. What do I have to score now to get a <laughs> Very good. Very good. See, that's looking on the bright side, Liam. I like that. And I'm going to get my calculator out. I'm going to do do the sums right now. How many weeks now. left? There's like three weeks, I think. Uh, yep, three weeks. So, what is it? Oh, 1,087 points. <laughs> this is going to be real. I think last week was about 200 points or something. Yeah. This week, it's 362.333 uh, repeating, of course. <laughs> points you need to make up on me. So right. I'm going to do that in one week. You get, you get <laughs> one week. <laughs> well, look at, look at, look at the bright blinder. side. Look at the bright side. For example, like I had <laughs> a point differential. I gained 242 points on you. So if I have a week like you had on the weekend and you have a week that I, like I had, you've nearly made up that differential in one week of what you need. Uh, but I need to do that Slightly. three times. <laughs> you got to do that three times. And more than what you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're going to have to really, really work on your, your VC loopholes and, and trust that I'm not going to go with the same, the same yeah. person. Anyway, I think, yep. I think we can call it, but uh, I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. see what I can do. I'll yep. see what I can Pull do. Pull some strings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's uh, move on to the talking points that came out of the weekend and uh, some that have just, just come out actually. Yes. Uh, in the week that was. I don't care if Monday's black, Tuesday, Wednesday, hard to tell, Thursday, 
Oh, I've got a bit of a tickle up my nose and might need to use this uh, this little weed whacker actually because <laughs> um, there's something that's tickling the shit out of my nose mm. and I think it's a, a stray weed. So I'll have to um, use this bad boy later on. But uh, in the week that was, we keep you up to date on the key talking points of the round. Yes. Uh, and first up, Hewitt... Georgie boy, Georgie boy, Georgie boy, yeah. uh, was again ruled out for a second consecutive week due to his back injury. Uh, while the Supercoach gods didn't spare us any chaos in round, with uh, Cogs also being laid out with McVay and co deciding at last minute that he needed a rest. And just on Georgie boy Hewitt, uh, Carlton has also just confirmed bad news for all of those people that have held George Hewitt or like myself who have no trades and have just been forced to hold him. Uh, he has been ruled out for yet another week with his back ailment. So if you have qualified for the prelim in your leagues and have a week off, you could probably afford to wait. Otherwise, it may be time to pull the trigger on him. And I think just on that quickly, we're getting to the stage of the season where a week, you know, normally you would say a week's injury or a week's suspension you hold. At mm. this stage, you've got to start thinking about it differently because there's only three weeks left. So that's a third of the season left True. essentially. Uh, so one week injuries or one week suspensions are definitely a stage. Now, if you have trades, you can consider moving them along. Very much so. Very, very much so. And um, yeah, I must say that uh, it was super kind of the Giants and McVeigh to give us ample warning that Cogs was going to be rested. So classic GWS and it actually seems that the ghost of Leon Cameron has possessed McVeigh. That's the and only also, explanation. And also just throwing players out of position again. Like oh, my God. Moved, uh, what's his face, um, Himmelberg. forward. Himmelberg forward. He moved Brown, who kicked four goals a couple of weeks back in the wet back uh, and moved just players all over the field. And then just it makes no sense to me. Yeah. E even more so, like the fact that Himmelberg was thrown forward makes even less sense because they're a big quality man down in defence with Phil Davis being ruled out for the season. And then they also had Lockie Keefe as their medi sub, mm. who's like another high quality defender for them. So like they're yeah. virtually two tall quality defenders down and he throws Himmelberg forward. Uh, but what do we know? We're not coaches. We're not, we don't have the idiotic mindset of a senior no. coach. It is what it is. But um. Going along with that breaking news uh, with Georgie Boy Hewitt. Georgie Boy. Sorry, was, that was, uh, was kind of easing into that. That wasn't quite right. <laughs> I got a frog in my throat. That wasn't it. That was, uh, that was the frog. Uh, but, yes, in some breaking news as a record, news has emerged that Brody Grundy will not make his return to the senior side this weekend after suffering an ankle injury at training and has uh, required scans. So there isn't really any update as to the seriousness of it yet, but there is word that uh, the Pies are playing down the overall seriousness. And it was something about, I heard, uh, it's not really that reliable. He's kind of as reliable as bloody Wikipedia, Tom Brown. <laughs> he said that um, uh, apparently it's an it's an ankle impingement. Who knows what that means? So a locked up ankle? I have no idea. But the uh, the overall um, point that we're getting to is it helps those owners of Darcy Cameron. Mm, yeah. So he's at a, at a stay of, I guess, execution in a sense uh, from people's sides because first off, Grundy played for the VFL and now he's taking even longer to get to the, uh, the senior side. So for those of you who own him in Cameron, uh, he's going to continue, hopefully, busting out some half-decent scores. And yes. meanwhile, for those of us that snapped up the bottom priced rookie and Injai Cully, we were rewarded, and I say rewarded uh, very loosely, 
with a deflating score of 26. And he also did his best impersonation of Bruce by not only getting injured, but also suspended all in the one game. Oh, Jesus. What an idiot. What an idiot. Honestly. What was, I just, what was his, what was he thinking? Like, I just, anyway, I just. It was, it was that far away. Like he wasn't, it wasn't tackling. He was like running past Noah Anderson and like just chicken winged out his elbow and like, Copped him flush in the head. Lucky he didn't go down with a concussion. He got mm-hmm. straight back up. Otherwise, it would have been way worse than two weeks that he's copped. But, yeah, either he – I think he's – I don't know if they've confirmed as to what the severity of the hamstring injury is. You'd say at least a week, if not two. Um, so yeah. he's probably lucky anyway, would have been out. But may come back for the last game of the season if we need him. Um, but, yeah, he's pretty much be. wasted my one of my last two trades. So, Damn yeah. you, Cully! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's the way the season goes, as I yeah. as I can as I can attest to. Uh, <laughs> on the scoring front, uh, Paddy the Halicrypta Crips repaid the faith with a whopping one forty six. And just quickly, I reckon, I reckon um, Pitnet is the reason. For yes. That. Yeah, we uh, mentioned Pitnet, that last week. Pitnet in and Hewitt out are the two things that are. Um, helping Crips there. So just keep that in mind. Uh, Laird also busted out his, as usual, reliable 144 and took the running man at Miller. Made light work of the Eagles with a lovely score of 153 as well. Yes, got to love the running man. And, yeah, we we did mention about uh, the possible... I guess uptick in scoring for uh, for the Halley Crypto with the return of Pitnet, and uh, he delivered the goods. So hopefully that is a bit of a snapshot of things to come for the next three rounds to round out the season. Uh, but Tom Stewart was as another I guess hot property um, asset on the trade front and scored a nice one twelve on return from suspension, whilst another trade target of recent weeks put in a career best one seventy three against the Hawks in Marshall. So, um, yeah, he repaid the faith for those of us. Um, I gave him a bit of a shtick in my first, <laughs> first week in my side. Um, and he's got 80 odd against West coast against no Ruckman. Um, but he more than made up for it on the weekend. But with that, let's discuss the other potential trade in candidates in our next segment. The price is right. My money don't jiggle, jiggle. It folds. I'd like to see you wiggle, wiggle. For sure. It makes me want to dribble, dribble. You know, riding in my fear. You really have to see it. Six feet, two Yes, feet. and the price is right. We run through the top buy, sell, hold, and weight options for this round of Supercoach. Uh, we'll chat about the pros, the cons, and who you should be considering trading in or out of your side this week, assuming that you do have some trades left. And in terms of the trades, uh, I don't know, sell, sorry, options, there are a number of trades that, you know, you can consider. Uh, but in generally at this point of the season, uh, given everyone's mostly completed their teams and there's, I mean, there's a few injuries that we'll discuss, uh, but we'll probably look more to those luxury trades or more those sideways trades for those injuries. Uh, however, obviously, the ability to make those trades, uh, those luxury trades especially, really comes down to how many trades you have left along with the cash in the bank. So, as I said, the the long-term injuries are probably less concerned well if they're a long-term injury you need to be trading them now uh, but if they are a short-term one it is potentially time to trade as well but it all comes down to how many trades you have left and how much cash you do have but damon do you want to run through the first, uh, the, the main sell suspects yep yep no worries so from the top we have jacob weir uh he has a calf injury which could spell trouble for a number of coaches using him for cover for hewitt 
and namely um, our new friend of the show, mm. Abdul, if you're listening, if you're watching us, we're sorry um, yep. because he was hinging upon the return of Hewitt and uh, in the short term anyway with Jacob Weir um, yeah, sort of being in that placeholder. So unfortunately, he is out. Uh, other injuries include, um, yes, obviously Hewitt. Uh, we don't know when he will return. He's he's obviously going to miss this weekend. Uh, Jai Cully uh, will also miss those uh, those two weeks due to that crude elbow, leaving him with the two-game suspension. And Jade Gresham also suffered a season-ending injury last week. So if you haven't already, it's time to move him on. But in terms of luxury trades, short, crisp, and Luke Jackson present as the most likely options. And yeah, with short, his role in the back line just didn't eventuate like many of us hoped. Um, I think he was he was thrown back into defense for at least a quarter. Took a few actual kickouts as well mm. for the Tigers on the weekend. But it's like Dimmer was just, you know, dangling a carrot in front of us <laughs> and he's like, here you go, look at this. And then just whipped it away because then he was thrown up forward along the wing into the engine room and just he was kind of like the Liam Baker yeah. Swiss Army knife, just thrown everywhere and anywhere. Um, even the bench at one stage as well. So what an absolute <laughs> ass you are, Dimmer. So um yeah, thanks, mate. Um, but Crisp hasn't scored above 91 since the buys, which is really, really alarming as we've gone through. And Max Gorn is ruining any hope of majority ruck minutes for Luke Jackson, for those of you who picked him up when Gorn was out and Jacko took the number one mantle. But uh, let's go on to the, uh, the <coughs> buys, Liam. Let's run through some of the, uh, I guess, the the best best options. And these are luxury trades, as we just mentioned. So we'll list the top options we've identified across each, each position. And the first in the defense is... Yeah, it's uh, probably comes as no surprise. It is Tommy Stewart. He is defensive eligible 579.6K with an average of 115.2 and a break even of 67. Now he finds himself on this list again uh, as he scored um, 112 in his return from suspension on the weekend. And he really is the choice defender, defensive trade-in, I think, if you're looking for one, especially considering he has a soft fixture to finish the mm. season against St Kilda, the Suns and the Eagles and two of those games to come at GMHBA Stadium, which he absolutely froths playing at. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only way to put it. Uh, <laughs> But, I mean, I guess if you're looking for someone a bit different, maybe you already have Tom Stewart, uh, but you still have uh, George Hewitt. Oh, my God, that was really hard to say. Another option at a pretty similar price point is actually Mason mm. Redmond, who I will keep banging on about. Uh, he's hitting some nice form, uh, dropping below 100 on just two occasions since round 10, one of which was a 99 and the other was a 49 after being subbed out at halftime uh, with a pretty bad injury from the sounds of it as well. Um, at the time, he was coughing up blood uh, yeah. at halftime. So not good, but he bounced back with a 170 or whatever it was. So makes up for it, I guess. Yeah. Is, is he turning into being like the most durable man? Because he had COVID. I think he came he back COVID. from a week of COVID, he COVID. and then he yeah. copped that internal bleeding. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, he's um, the Bionic Man almost. So uh, like you said, Liam, I'll be keeping an eye on him as well because he could be the um, the equivalent of um, uh, that man, Sicily, um, mm. intercept defender, um, good disposer of the footy. Yeah, he's been very unheralded, unheralded, probably because of uh, Ridley, you'd imagine. Is that the reason yeah. why, you reckon? Yeah, I think he's, he's come into it this season um, a lot 
better than what he has in the past. He's just a really good user of the football. He's aggressive, but he's also a good user of the football. So it's not like it doesn't hurt him as much, um, which is actually he, I think he went at 97% by foot on the weekend wow. um, and was actually at 100% until late in the game where he tried to go a little bit too cute uh, with a, a sort of a, a bina- uh, snap kick pass that uh, just didn't eventuate. But, I mean, yeah, still pretty good. Um, so, yeah, that's just, I guess, one thing to consider there. Um, but the, the to be honest, North Melbourne paid absolutely no respect to him and mm. I guess they paid in that sense uh, yep. with that. Uh, but what about midfield, Damon? Yes, let's move on to the midfield option that we've uh, that we've plucked, and it is Callum Mills. We've spoken about him a few times, but uh, for good reason. Uh, he is priced at five seventy eight point nine k, averaging a one seventeen point nine with a break even of one twenty two. And there's a few options you could look at here, including Andy Brayshaw, who um, came through with the goods for myself in week one of the finals, and Petrarca, who um, I guess both of those guys offer similar price points, but Mill stands out based on his upcoming fixture. So. Get this, he faces North Melbourne, Collingwood and St Kilda to finish the season. So he's lifted his floor with a low score of 85 since round nine, dropping below 100 just three times. So it's that consistency, which is ever so crucial as well in head-to-head yep. matchups. So um, if you are gunning for a cash league um, and to take out the premiership there, uh, I'd definitely be looking no further than Callum Mills. And yes, like whilst there's other good options who you probably – should consider as well ahead of him, Merritt, Steele, et cetera. His price is probably what makes him a juicy prospect. So uh, Merritt, I think as well, he, he's, even though he's performing really, really well, like massively ahead of what expectations were, especially going back a, a month or two ago. Um, but those guys are in the price point now where this, their prices are inflated because you know, he's been scoring so well in consecutive weeks, rolling over with the five-round average and three-round yeah. average, and it just inflates the price more than probably what it should and what his average um, in sort of the longer term should indicate. So, yeah, Keller Mills, to me, um, and to both of us, I guess, uh, presents as a juicy, juicy prospect. Yeah, and so just having a quick look at, uh, I guess, the upcoming fixture, Colling would give away the most points to inside mids, and North give away the th- uh, fourth most to inside oh, wow. mids. So um, St Kilda uh, don't really rate there, but uh, two of those options do give away quite a lot of points to inside mids. So could be in for some big scores upcoming. I think against North Melbourne earlier in the year, he scored 130 as well. So, yeah, just keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Uh, but moving on to the ruck, uh, and again, we've got Maxi gone here, ruck eligible, 536.7K, so cheaper than last week despite scoring in the hundreds. Uh, average of 113 with a break-even of 53. And gone cracked the ton in consecutive weeks for the first time since round 11 and 12, which was before he was injured at the next round and obviously missed a number of weeks um, since. Uh, he's looking in some ripping form now and faces Collingwood, Carlton and Brizzy to finish the season. So Collingwood, you'd expect uh, with Darcy Cameron, um, he should, again, Collingwood give away, oh, not too many actually, not too many points. They thought they were up there, but I think they might have come in uh, recently, uh, brought that back a bit. But, you know, still not facing, I guess, not the likes of a, a Brody Grundy, which he has in the past. He has a pretty good average against the Pies. Um yeah. Um, so, but if you do have the luxury trade up your sleeve, I actually don't mind trading out someone for him because he becomes a bit of a pod. Um, you'd yep. expect most of the teams that 
do have him um, would be ghost shippers, uh, considering he mm. was um, injured pretty late. I guess in this not not late, but sort of at an awkward stage of the season where a lot of people who aren't playing like might might have given up had uh, moved him had, wouldn't have moved him on. Yep. Uh, so I think his ownership is inflated by that. Um, mm. So yeah, I think definitely one that could could be an interesting one uh, to bring in, especially if you've got Wits who hasn't been yeah. in the greatest form. No. So a trade to Gorn could actually um, sort of net you some more points and just create that bit of a pod as well. Yeah, even uh, even Sean Darcy as well has really performed under expectations. It's like the only sort of sort of uh, lower tier of primos are just mm. gone to shit. Um, so yeah, it's both of those guys. Like Wits is four ninety two point three k, and Darcy's five twenty eight point one. So yeah, you could you could virtually with Darcy for example um, spend an extra eight k, and uh, you've got Maxi Gorn. So yeah, it's. Uh, much of a muchness, but uh, yeah, Gorney. I actually quite like it in that uh, that pod aspect side of things for sure. But moving on to another guy who is a ruck forward in this case, and spoke of him earlier, and it is Rowan Marshall. He's priced at four eighty point nine k, averaging a ninety two point two with mm. a break even of twenty one. And this weekend shows exactly what he's capable of as the first choice ruck at St Kilda, and probably a bit of a snapshot of potentially things to come for 2023 if Ryder, um, even though he wants to continue playing on, uh, if St Kilda actually, you know, uh, put him out to pasture because what they've seen so far of Rowan Marshall in the number one mantle, uh, it could be a really nice player to start in the ruck or up forward uh, come at 2023. But his DPP status is extra handy at this stage of the year, especially um, particularly if you've got Tickle as your R3. So, um, yeah, just to have that cover, and especially if you're in sort of my shoes, our shoes, um, when you're out of trades, you kind of need to rely upon uh, the DPP coverage uh, more so than any other time of the year. So uh, it does help in that aspect there. But beware, because his score on the weekend came against Hawthorne, who give away the third most points to Rucks, and there is the risk of Campbell also waiting in the wings. He was named, uh, but he was a late withdrawal Um the sneaky, uh, sneaky rat, Brett Ratton, uh, actually pulled Campbell and allowed uh, good old Rowan to um, just have an absolute field day against the Hawks. Um, so have a look at that. And just on Rowan Marshall's, uh, I guess, ruck contest percentage, uh, he actually had the most uh, for a long while, uh, since round one. He had 80% of ruck contests mm. on the weekend and it was his second most for the season. Oh, sorry, third most. Um, because I just missed there in round 15, he had 85% round one, he had 86%. So, um, yeah, it just goes to show when he has ample opportunity in the ruck, he produces those sort of scores, but even more pleasingly at an ownership of just 7.9%, he is still considered a nice pot option with a very good ceiling, obviously. So, um, we've gone through already, uh, over the previous weeks as to what he averages without rider. I think it's about 120 odd or thereabouts. Um, so what more can we say? Uh, at that price point as well, he is still very, very juicy. So if yeah. you're in need of uh, of a forward, probably more so than, than Rux at this stage of the year, but yeah, get him in as a forward. And if you have Tickle as your R3, like we said, you can use him as that DPP cover if you need to use it over the last three weeks of the season. So awesome. Get on him. Mm, yeah, the DPP status is amazing. His price is yeah. even better. Like. Yep. 
if you've got a like I I would be bringing him in um, 100%. I think uh, there's just I don't see much downside to him, to be perfectly honest. Um, now moving on to the pot option, and this is just a player that that low ownership, uh, high risk potentially, but also high reward. Um, that's that's in some relatively decent form, um, and we look at the, that player, and it is Caden Coleman, uh, Kitty Coleman from. Brisbane, uh, defence forward eligible, 498.3K, averaging 88.1 with a break-even of 68. And, again, we offer up this as uh, a bit of a pot option for those looking to take a risk. Uh, he presents as a very nice option, sitting in just 2.9% of teams as of round 20. And, obviously, that very handy DPP status with a defence forward swing. Um, he has a three-round average of 114 with scores of 118, 119, and 105 in his last three. He's a bit of a risk, um, but he could also be quite handy with that DPP status because, you know, lacking trades um, mm-hmm. just means that if there is an injury, he can swing around. Uh, and he obviously faces Carlton, St Kilda, and Melbourne to finish the season. And Melbourne giveaway... Uh, depends how you want to classify him. I guess he's sort of that halfback... Yeah. Um, so Melbourne give away a lot of points to defensive, uh, general defenders, but a little bit less to wing defenders. Yeah. Um, I think he's more of a, cause he has yeah. taken kickouts as well without Rich there. So it depends as well. Like if Rich isn't back into the team for Brisbane, yeah. um, his scoring ceiling is elevated. Like we'll see scores like he produced on the weekend as well. But yeah, Melbourne, um, they're conceding the most points to defenders, um, designated kickers and, and running defenders for sure. Yeah, so definitely one to consider there. Obviously places them. Also faces St Kilda who give away the f- uh, one, two, three, four, fifth most. Uh, and then Carlton don't really factor in. They give away not much, but Brady Grundy, uh, Brady, sorry, Brady Smith uh, did do a bit of a number um, on them. Was it Brady Smith? Yep. Yeah. Uh, yes, yep. Exactly. So yeah. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As a Don supporter, I understand. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's move on. On to the bubble, David. Yes. Uh, there's a couple of guys in the bubble. They're probably less and less relevant every single episode <laughs> that we, we do this now because no one has any trades to bring these guys in. But we'll speak about them anyway. And the first is Elijah Hollands uh, as a mid forward, priced at 123.9 with, his, uh, with an average of 64.5 and a break even of negative 56. And must be said, Stewie Jew has absolutely ruined his price as a rookie heading into 2023. So thanks, Stewie Jew. But at the very least, for those of you who have pretty much owned him all year, I think a lot of people used him as a bit of a, mm. a loophole option with the potential for him to play in the sort of the, the the second quarter of the season and just hasn't been debuting at all uh, until now. So at least for those owners out there, he has punched out some serviceable scores in the form of 64 and 65, which I'm sure... Uh, owners probably would have had to have relied upon with Cogs being out in the weekend. So it would have been handy for those owners there. Yeah. But just in terms of job security, it's probably hard to get a real read on his overall long-term job security, given he's made his debut late in the piece. Um, but provided he keeps performing, he'll keep playing. That's all you can say, really. Um, there's three weeks to go. So um, even though the Suns, I think they're now out of calculations for the finals. Um all but done yeah, now. So, all but done. Yeah. Yeah. I think they'll keep playing him. He's, he's a high draftee, um, huge reps on him. He's had some injury worries, he had knee issues when he was drafted um, and other injury issues over the preseason. So um, they'll be needing to sort of get as many minutes into his legs as they can um, in sort of 
the last three weeks of the season, which are dead rubbers. Yep. Do anything worse than Elijah Holland's debuting at this stage and ruining his his rookie price for next year is if Horse brings in Gould. Oh. Now. <laughs> like that'll be the only thing that makes me rage harder. <laughs> Who's who's that? Uh, is he like the Bigfoot? He's the uh, Loch Ness monster of uh, Supercoach, isn't he? I swear yeah. he doesn't exist. Every photo I see of him as well are from behind. <laughs> so it's like I don't even know what he looks like. His face <laughs> kind of reminds me of that old, um, that old. What is it? The Colgate or whatever? And it's like oh, a dentist yeah, yeah. at the sink, and it's like this man is a dentist, so we can't show you his face on television. Morning, Rob. That's that's him. That's Gould. He's a dentist. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Another player on the bubble is Jackson Archer, defender, uh, 117.3K, averaging 51.5 with a break-even of minus 34. He is obviously the son of North Melbourne great uh, Glenn. Uh, and he got the call-up for his second game last week. Uh, but considering he hadn't played since his debut in round 15, there's no guarantees of any job security. So I probably would not be considering him. Um, I don't know if you have trades... Is just just nah, I don't know. That's all I have to say. Yeah, yeah exactly. We're not <laughs> even like we don't even have any trades, and so now we're like just got no trades, no idea, no interest. No. Well, <laughs> I, it just if you're gonna bring in a, I mean, if you're gonna have to bring in one of these two, bring in Holland. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even like there's others like uh, Worrell uh, played quite well for the the Crows. Could be another option. Anyway, there's 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 a few that you could consider. Yep. What about now, Liam? What yes. have we got? We got coming out next. Is there a pirate? Can I? Can I hear a pirate? <laughs> I am the captain now. Look at me. I'm the captain now. Are you supposed to be uh, Blackbeard or? Um... I don't know. Uh, Captain Featherstorm? SpongeBob? Pirate? <laughs> <laughs> More SpongeBob! This is so exciting! <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it, was, it sounded like a captain that was just like, oh, if I have to be the captain now, like, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm content with being one of the crew crewmen. <laughs> but oh, if you have to have to make me the captain, yeah, I'll be the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yes, and I'm the captain. <laughs> and I'm the captain now. Uh, we take a look at the best options for your VC and C this weekend after we've scrounged through all of the data and recent averages. And first up uh, on Friday night against Collingwood, we have Clary Oliver, the pig sweaty, pink sweaty pig himself. And he averaged 125 on the dot over his last four against the Pies with scores of 141, 108, 137, and 114. Yes. And that 141 yeah. came from earlier in the season as well. Ah, it, it did. did uh, what, on Queen's birthday. It did indeed. Well, it's mm-hmm. with, with Clary though, must be said, like prior to the past two weeks, he's only dropped below 100 twice with a 99 and 68. And then his two games returning from injury over the past couple of weeks, a 96 and 85. Mm. So not a good reflection on current form. But I don't know if it's because he's sort of had that brace on his hand. And I did see uh, pictures at training today, I think it was, where he just had it strapped up. No brace, no nothing. So hopefully that frees him up. And um, it just makes you think that maybe he's – altered his game somewhat or he's not playing to his full strength yeah. um, on, re- on return. But uh, it VC. just means that, yeah, VC. Mm. I think it, it probably means like I was saying, I think it was last week, that a lot of people um, 
a sort of of the mindset, you know, once bitten, twice shy type thing where if they have yeah. a player scoring shit, they're less likely to put the, the C on him the next week. Um, and to some extent as well, the VC, because they see like, oh, well, I'm not going to waste a VC on someone that's scored below 100 over the previous two weeks. So um, he's, he's, he's playing in the first game and could be a nice little um, little mm. pod to an extent, to some extent, because, you know, he's a VC, so less risk there. But keeping in my mind, the uh, pink sweaty pig. But another nice option, and um, he's probably in one of the top two options, I think, for every single week yeah. from here on out because Tookie Miller, the running man, has a really, really nice end to the season. And first up on the weekend, he faces Hawthorne on Saturday at 1.45 p.m. And he's averaged 109 his last four against the Hawks with scores of 109, 153, 98, and 88. And he's probably up there in terms of consistent scoring mm. with Rory Laird um, because he's only scored below 100 three times this season. And in his past two, he scored 157 and 153. Uh, both of those, one was up against West Coast um, at Metricon on the weekend. Prior to that was Brisbane at the Gabba. So he's, he's scoring against lesser likes and solid um, opposition as well. So... Really love Tookie Miller. Um, if you don't want to go for Ollie as the um, as the VC, go for Tookie, the running man, mm, Miller, definitely. Um, because he's in great form. Yes, no, I do. I do quite like that. Uh, moving on, next option in the next game on Saturday at two ten against the Giants is Zach Merritt. He's got an average of ninety seven his last four against the Giants with scores of one thirty one, seventy one, one nineteen, and sixty seven. Uh, and it comes into the game with a three-round average of 136.3 and a five-round average of 139.2. But the concern I have is, does he face a tag? Uh, the Giants obviously have, I mean, I think DeBoer's been playing. I haven't checked, but he also have Ash, yep. who's been doing yeah, that, Ash, yeah. um, midfield tagging role. So a bit of concern there um, for him, considering I don't think Shield will get up. I think he's had a hamstring tightness. Um, so I don't know if he's going to be back. Uh, I think Parrish is available potentially yep. um, for this round, so could come back. Uh, I don't know if he will. Uh, but, yeah, I guess it's sort of merit becomes the the one that you would tag um, and obviously he's in great form, so could be the one that GWS would think about first. Yeah, I think you're totally right. Like he's the only one. He's like the prime target to tag. Um because, yeah, I mean, previous to that, uh, when Parrish is playing, they would tag Parrish because they see him as more susceptible. But you've got to put some time into merit. Like on the weekend, as you would have seen yourself, Liam, mm. as being a supporter, he was just paid no respect at all, especially in the last half where he just got a bulk of his AFL fantasy points, which I think you mentioned was about 130-odd, I think it was. It was 130-something in the second half. Yeah. Absolutely insane. And, you know, equivalent sort of score as well when it comes to super coach. Um and it just goes to show how damaging he can be with mm. the footy. So surely, surely the Giants pay some sort of attention to him. Um, but nonetheless, um, I think he could probably do worse than um, than Zachy Merritt, especially if you've got a VC uh, that you want to yeah. whack on him. Uh, just to sort of, if you're worried about a tag, I'd put the VC on him. Otherwise, um, yeah, the C, he's still a candidate, given his current form is just absolutely scintillating. Uh, moving on to uh, Andy Brayshaw, and uh, he plays the Doggies on Saturday at 4.35 p.m., and he's averaged 86 in his last four games against the Dogs with scores of 120, 77, 52, and 95. But he comes in off the back of a score of 138, and, 
yeah, it was much needed, like I said earlier, uh, for my team in week one of finals. And prior to that, a bit of a downer with 96 and 79. But prior to that, again, his previous two weeks with 134 and 132. And yeah, I mean, Frio just need to keep winning um, or at least get back on, on the winner's list because if they want to make the top four, they need mm. to be firing on all, all cylinders. And he's one of the main men in the engine room for the Dockers. So um, look at him closely also. Yep, definitely. And in the same game, uh, we've got Marcus Bontempelli, who has an average of 120.75 in his last four games against the Dockers, uh, with scores of 149, 107, 95, and 132. And he's, I mean, he had a bit of a downer on the weekend, not quite to the same level that he had been scoring, but he's another one in some good form. Mm. I think he copped a bit of a corky, yeah, he was I think. A corky, yeah. Or something. Um, and there was some doubt over him. I don't know if the dogs had come out and, and cleared, it, cleared it up, but I haven't seen anything. Um, so probably wait to see uh, team lists and probably more so. He could be even a late out if he is struggling mm. with uh, with that corky. As we've seen this season, uh, corkies have been the bane of a lot of <laughs> super yeah. coaches out there's existence, really, like Dangerfield. Um, we had uh, Hewitt. Um, who else was there? There was someone else that was copped a corky. Yeah, that was bad. Uh, uh, Parrish. Parish, oh, yeah, um, of course. Yeah, there's so, someone else. Yeah, there's been a few across the journey that have, uh, have missed at least a week, uh, if not two. So yeah. uh, if he is struggling, um, yeah, you just want to keep that in mind. Uh, moving on to another guy who, again, as we said earlier, was a, a prime trade-in candidate, and it is Tom Stewart, who faces St Kilda on Saturday at 7.25 p.m., and he's averaged 100.25 in his last four games against the Saints with scores of 113, 98, 190 and he has a three round average of 122.7 which includes a score of a massive 161 so um he uh he had a sort of a modest return by his standards mm. on the weekend um but yeah different sort of kettle of fish i think as well when he's playing at gmhba like he is against them on the weekend so um yeah i'd probably back him in he probably likes the um shape of the ground at gmhba uh, if it was at Marvel, you'd probably say he's maybe less of a candidate as a bit of a VCC option, but we all know he's scoring ceiling. Um, so keep that in mind when considering him. Uh, moving on in the same game, uh, but on the other side of the field, we've got Jack Steele, who has averaged 94 in his last four games against the Cats with 74, 116, 186. Nothing really to write home about there, but looking at his recent scores, uh, before scoring 107 on the weekend, his last two games were 143 and 133. And uh, since round 15, he has not gone below 100. So he hasn't gone below 107. That was his lowest score. So he's in decent form, good sort of floor um, and a potentially good ceiling. It's getting a little bit late yeah. uh, in the round sort of for a VC, but if you've got, got the opportunity, there are some other good options later on that you could consider. Um, but yeah, it's probably a bit tough as a VC, which is what I'd want to use him as um, just because he hasn't really had that really high ceiling he'd want. Yep, absolutely. Uh, moving on to Callum Mills and he faces a juicy prospect in North Melbourne on Sunday at 1.10 p.m. And he's averaged 86.25 in his last four games against the Blues with, sorry, against North, should say, with scores <laughs> of 130, 74, 67 and 74. So, um, yeah, I mean, you probably just consider him off the back of um, just his opposition uh, in North that Melbourne. One. So. 
Yeah, that 130 came from earlier in the year. Um, yep. And, yeah, just the based off the fact that it's North. Yeah. Um, like, again, North give away the fourth most points to inside mids. Oh, there you go. Yep, that's probably reason enough to jump on him. Like it. Yep, definitely. Uh, now, in the next game on Sunday at 3.20, it's Damon's favourite, uh, Sam Sammy Walsh. Up against Brisbane, and he has an average of 130 in his last three games against the Lions with scores of 130, 119, and 141. I reckon, yeah. reckon he's not a bad choice. Yeah, he's not a bad choice. He's actually um, he's been really consistent. He's actually been one of the more consistent mm. players out there in terms of having a, a high-ish floor because um, he's only scored, believe it or not, below 100. Uh, four times this season. So um, he's been up there with the likes of a, a Tookie Miller and uh, Rory Laird um, in terms of his consistency. But yeah, his, his ceiling has probably deflated um, mm. or come down a little bit in recent times. Uh, he's probably scoring around about at that 110, 115 mark, uh, which isn't quite what we're looking for when it comes to captaincy scores. Scored a nice 126 uh, against the Cats. But yeah, he hasn't really scored since uh, well enough since uh, around 1911 when it was 149, 133 and 123 when he won on that absolute tear. So mm. um, I'd consider him still considering that favorable history against the Lions. Um, but yeah, it's probably like you were saying earlier with Steele, it's probably getting on a little bit late in the round to consider a captaincy score, but probably comes down to as well uh, in your head-to-head league matches who your opponent has. And if you need to sort of have a bit of a Hail Mary. Um, he might be a nice one to throw it yep. on uh, with Definitely. that nice little data set to back it up. And moving on to Lockie Neal, who is, of course, on the other side of the field against the Baggers. And he averages 125.75 in his last four against the Blues with scores of 96, 142, 106, and 159. And, you know, he only scored the 110 on the weekend. Prior to that, 121, 123 in his recent scores to date. Um, he's kind of fallen away a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Again, he's very much like a, a Sammy Walsh in a sense that um, his ceiling isn't the best. He's quite shaky. He's still around the mark there. Like if you get a 120, 125, um, it is captaincy worthy. But um, again, later in the round makes it a lot harder and you're obviously having to gamble a C on him as opposed to a VC unless you put the VC on him and you put the C on this next guy, Liam. Yes. Got to round it out. It's the most reliable player I reckon we've got this year mm. and it is Rory Laird uh, up against West Coast nonetheless uh, on Sunday at 4.40 oh it's the last game of the round Damon can we Ooh. do it can you do it is it allowed yeah it's is it a sin I don't is know it like... I, I never really considered it until you said it but then I was like <laughs> I think it's like an unconscious thing that I do yeah like I just don't I don't do it but yeah you need last to get it game, out of the way Yep. Last game, so you got to consider that. Factor this in. Uh, yep. Rory Laird uh, averages 109 in his last four games against the Eagles with scores of 136, 120, 104, 76, but has a three-round average of 146 and a five-round average of 138.6 and hasn't dropped below 125 since round 15. So that's five rounds of captaincy-worthy scores. Yep, lock him in. And I think I've, I've pretty much had him uh, captain for four of those five games, I reckon. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he's been super reliable. But, yeah, I mean, I was just 
I mentioned there is a bit of a segue saying that you could put the VC on, on, on Neil and the C on Laird. It probably wouldn't work no. unless you're sort of screening half of Neil's game yeah. and then making a judgment call from then. But too dicey to do because uh, Laird's game starts an hour and 20 after uh, Brisbane and Carlton. So, um, yeah, like you say, last game of the round could be a, could be a sin, an unspoken sin. But if you do so, just go to go to the confessional, say three Hail Marys, and you're cleansed. But yeah, I, th- I think it's I think it's worthy though. In this case, Laird, yeah. like you say, he's uh, he's as reliable as they come for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now on to some honourable mentions uh, that you might consider for a bit of a high risk, high reward VC option this week, and they both come. On Friday night against the Pies, the first one is Petrarca, who was 103 average against the Pies in his last four games with scores of 99, 96, 125, and 92. And his form has been a little bit up and down, I want to say, in recent weeks. Mm. Um, So just having a quick look at his recent scores very quickly. Um, So he has scored... uh, it's actually every second week. So round 16, he scored 189 against Adelaide. Then round 17, he scored 91. Then in round 18, oh. he scored 141. Then in round 19, he scored 81. And then in <laughs> round 20, he scored 134. So we're looking at out of 71, I reckon, this week. Yep. Uh, yep. So maybe don't do it. But just I think with um, potentially with Clary down a little bit as well, um, if, if he is down, um, Petrarca could fill up that hole a little bit. Um, but yeah, based off his his recent form of every second game being being big score, um, a little bit of risk, but is a VC, so not a bad option. And the other one is Maxi Gorn, who has a one hundred eleven point two five average in his last four against the Pies, with a seventy, a one twenty three, a one fifty three, and a ninety nine. And just keep in mind that that seventy was in the game that he uh, was injured. Uh, yep. I think he played out the game, but just obviously played a um, sort of played injured as such um so another decent score um comes up against will come up against darcy cameron and mason cox you'd expect um so just another option i guess to consider very nice well onto our selections and uh i'll quickly roll through mine so i'm kind of torn at the moment uh clary oliver obviously appeals against the pies uh taking into consideration taylor adams is going to be an omission from their side because he's out for the season through injury and coupled with the fact that the pies concede the most points to inside midfielders um, makes him a real attractive option there. Um, and again, like I was saying, a bit of a pot option, I think uh, mm. to some extent um, some people may see his past two scores and think, Oh, it's a little bit too risky. He might opt for a Tookie Miller or someone else. So that appeals again, but probably comes down to who my opponent is going to put as the VC. If they put the VC on Oliver, I'm almost tempted to go opposite to what they're doing. Um, but I do like him first up as the VC. Otherwise, Tookie Miller um, is my uh, other option with the VC and then the C. I think I'm going to do it, Liam. I think I'm doing it. Oh. I'm going to put it on Rory Laird, so last game of the round. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Walshie. <laughs> but oh. this this may be the one week that I do it where I put it on Laird. Mm. Um, I think it's the week to do it. Yep. So those are my options there. I think he's the only captaincy option that really sticks out. Um, I could then I could still put the VC on Oliver and then the C on Tookie Miller, but yeah, I just I love Rory Laird. He's, he's he's really treated me really well over the past few weeks. So well, looking at those three options, 
Uh, Collingwood give away the most points to inside mids. Took Miller, whose faces Hawthorne, gives away the second most points to inside oh. mids. And uh, Rory Laird, who faces West Coast, gives away the third most points <laughs> to um, inside mids. So we're yeah. flushed with options. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. So, oh, it's hard. It's hard. It's very yeah. hard. I think uh, I tend, I'm probably going to go Tookie Miller based off yep. that as my VC. I think you talked me into it. I like the pod factor, the potential pod factor of of Oliver as the VC, but I think Miller with his with his flaw and his favourable opponent in Hawthorne is just too juicy. Um, just because Oliver is coming back from injury, so he may be impeded. Um, but it probably will be a bit of a flip of the coin, and then Rory Laird um, as the C if. Oliver or Miller don't work out, whichever one I choose. I like it. Um, I'll just let me look at Hawthorne's list quickly. Did they have someone that was playing a run with Roll on the weekend? Uh, yes. McGuinness? Uh, McGuinness. It? Yeah, McGuinness is playing that run with Roll. Yeah, he was tagging Sinclair on the weekend um, and then he went back to reverted back to playing as a normal forward in, in the third quarter. But, um, yeah, that's the only thing. Like we've said from – the get-go that took you the running man Miller is the running man because no one can keep up with him. He's just, his endurance is off the charts um, and his ability to, you know, break tags and whatnot. Like he does work around the ground, not just at stoppages and stuff. So at least that provides a bit of surety in his scoring from week to week. So um, still factor it in, I guess, but yeah. Will the Hawks really want to try it like um, tag? Yeah. The other thing to consider, I guess, is Caldwell went to him against Essendon. Uh, when yep. Goldway's played Essendon and he still scored 110. Most yeah. of those points came in the last Junk quarter time. when they kind of dropped the tag. Um, I think he had most of his possessions in the last quarter. Um, so that that does actually factor in a little bit there. Um, but I still don't think he's a bad option because he would be your VC. Um, yeah. I think yeah, it's, true. it's a decent risk to take. It's worth the risk. Yep. I like it. I like it. So you're locking in uh, Tookie Miller for the VC, yeah. for the C, if he doesn't work out? Rory Laird. Can't, oh, can't you're go doing against it. it. Yes. Can't go against it. He's been too, <laughs> he's been too reliable. Yeah. Well, Rory Laird, going by like previous weeks, so for the past, we'll go by the past three weeks. So for Laird, 154, 140 and 144. For Tookie Miller, 110, 157 and 153. So Ooh, going by that, yeah. you'd be happy with either or. Um, yeah. Obviously, the, that one ten was against the Dons, where he was um, at a little bit of a um, little bit of attention. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, one of those things, isn't it? Where flush mm. with options and very much like the weekend, where I was kind of tossing up between Laird or Miller, and Miller ended up scoring nine points more, bl- unbelievably, compared to Laird. Um, it's much of a muchness. That's the thing. Yeah. So you'd be happy with anything. Like if you're scoring 144 or 153 like the weekend, uh, you can't uh, snub your nose at that. That's for sure. No, no certainly. Uh, now let's move on and quickly take a look at uh, the Supercoach Edge group rankings before we finish up this episode. Uh, the highest scorer for round 20 was Joel with his team, Marbior Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love a good pun. That oh, is that, that is great. up there with one of the best. One of the best yep. all season. <laughs> yes, I love that name. Uh Score of 2,613 with a round rank of 42. Really, really good score there. Um, an overall rank of 10,429th overall. Uh, and onto the overall high scorer, 
for three weeks in a row. Tyler, mm. with his team Shep Screamers, has yeah. maintained the top spot. Uh, his total score is 46,882 with an overall rank of 12th. Uh, and he has now extended his lead over John's team. Markle sparkled by a margin of 127. Now, if you do want to enter the Supercoach Edge group, which, as we always say, you can join anytime, which we just stop mentioning this. I don't know why we mention yeah. this every week. That's probably the way that we are, <laughs> that, we, that, that, that we turn off people being able to get in there. But anyway, if you do yep, want to join, uh, the code is 142059. Very nice. Well, uh, a quick run through of the winners in our Supercoach Edge Crown League for Tier 3 Patreons, of course. Mm. And for those who progressed past week one of finals, it was second V third in the uh, qualifying final. It is the qualifying final, is it? I always get confused between yeah. semi and qualifying, yeah. Mm. Uh, and it was Sharpshooters who finished in second spot, who scored 2,401, defeated by my mob in DJ Trade a Lot with Ooh. 2,438. So a 37-point victory to my side. And the other match was fourth v fifth in the elimination final between Black on White, who scored 2,496, who defeated Matt with uh, Orion, uh, otherwise known as Emp. Uh, he scored 2,367. So uh, Black on White had an absolute blinder of a score. So uh, I think he was the highest scoring of the lot for uh, those of us in our league. And looking forward to the week two of finals, uh, my mob in DJ Trade a Lot faces off against the minor premier in Bruce with his team Shuin. And the winner of this matchup will progress through to the prelim, whilst the loser will look to atone with their second chance against the winner of the following semi final, which involves Black on White, who comes up against the sharpshooters. So it's a bit of a funny, um, I've never played in a 10 man league before. And the way it yeah. works is like, yeah, if you win your first. Uh, your second chance carries across. And then if you lose the second, uh, that second chance is obviously then used to play in the, um, in the prelim. So mm. yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. So either way, um, whether it's myself or, or Bruce of Shuin, we will make the prelim and face off against uh, whoever wins that, uh, that, that semifinal matchup. So Check that out. Uh, but Liam, I'll leave this to you because it is the second <laughs> set of finals for those who finished from 7th to 10th. And I'm not sure, I'll be calling this Constellation Cup or the Participation Plate. I don't you, know. You can I'm... choose. You can choose. It's up to you. Oh. Well, let, me, let, me, <laughs> let me go through the results. Let me think about it. Yep. Uh, so in this, I, I got the week off, which was Woo. Not, not, not earned. <laughs> Uh, but it was nice. It was nice. It was a good week to come off considering I just gave up on uh, <laughs> actually playing Supercoach. Um, so this week, this week, it's, it's where, where it all matters. Uh, yep. And uh, seventh versus eighth, uh, mid-price madness uh, came up against uh, North, <laughs> Northwind. Uh, that was Jacqueline's team, 2,451 versus two, 2,034. So big win there. Uh, and ninth versus tenth, uh, Lyle Styles defeated by Tankman seventy seven Peter there by just two points, nail biter there, very wow. opposite to the to the other side. And looking ahead, looking forward, this, yeah, looking forward, I'm gonna we have um, uh, Tankman, yeah, playing Northwind, yep, and then you, Liam, yeah, playing play Jacqueline, yes, and that's gonna be hopefully a very so essentially, whoever wins out of my team and Jacqueline's team will proceed straight to the to the uh, grand final. 
Um, yep. And whoever loses heads to the prelims for a second chance there. Uh, exciting. And I think we're going to go with, I'm going to go Consolation Cup because I kind of want to see a mug as like the, yep, okay. the, the, the prize. That's what, I like I, that's what I'm imagining <laughs> as opposed to a, but I do kind of like the idea of like a plastic plate or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, or a paper plate, something like that with like macaroni. <laughs> Stuck around the outside. Oh, yes. <laughs> I think flashbacks to like primary school now. Whereas yeah. the dried out macaroni and then you like paint it gold and stuff oh, and then use yeah. it as an ornament on Christmas trees and on your family Christmas tree and then it's there every single year. Oh. Uh, and you're like, mum, why, you, why are you rolling this out again? And yeah, yeah. loves it. But um, that, and I reckon, I'm predicting. Oh, you go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, and I reckon that the championship ring that they're going to win is just a cheesel. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, moving on, moving on. Yeah, what were you going to say? But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to predict, Liam, because I can see it happening now. And the universe, we know it, it works in, in, in fabulous, marvellous ways. Mm. I can see it now, just having a look at the fixture. And on either side of the draw is both yourself and our mm. future father-in-law in Peter. Yeah. So I, I can see what's going to happen here. You're going to progress through to the grand final. Peter's going to make easy work of Northwind. Sorry, Northwind. Um, and then he's going to face off against Jacqueline's team, mid-price madness, and he's going to face you in the grand final for the most epic of grand finals. Even though it's a Constellation Cup, doesn't matter. This is taken to another level, and this will this will go down in the history of Supercoach Edge, but also within our own family circle. And, and you know what makes it even even bigger? Yeah, it happens on the weekend of uh, of your wedding. Oh, it does too. Oh, yeah, my God. It's, 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 a, it's a big week. Whoa, it is a big week. In fact, given that, I'm expecting him to actually work that into his uh, wedding speech yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Just make that. mention of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'll make mention of the fact that I knocked him out in the last yeah. last week of head-to-heads and he'll make mention of the fact that he's facing you. Um, and people will be like, what? But worthy of a mention, Pete. So. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> Supercoach anyway. may be making a mention in my vows. So uh, such such is the uh, the weight on my um, on my life because <laughs> it is the mistress after all. I need to I need it to make mention of the mistress. Very true. Oh, yeah, <laughs> great idea. Mention the mistress on the <laughs> on the wedding day. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should say three Hail Marys. And go to the confessional. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yes. Anyway, 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 that's a good point. I'm actually, and you know what? If I, if I face him in the, uh, in the, in the grand final, he's, he's beaten me every time I played him twice this that's year. That's true. So he's got the wood be, on you. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Yes. So we'll be uh, watching with bated yes. breath uh, mm. as to uh, how that plays out over the coming weeks. But before we wrap up the show, where can uh, viewers and <laughs> <laughs> listeners find us on yes. our social channels? Yes, if you want to keep up to date with all the latest news and information and, you know, you want to watch watch this pod if you're listening to it and you want to watch it instead, uh, yep. you can find us on YouTube. Just search Supercoach Edge. And please don't forget to like and subscribe on Twitter. You'll find us at, at Supercoach underscore Edge. You'll find Damon at, at DamonJ88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95, and Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. Search Supercoach Edge and, yeah, there's some content there that you can uh, – you can enjoy, I hope. Please enjoy it. Watch <laughs> and enjoy. Um, and, and as well, if you're watching us on YouTube, I do notice in the analytics, again, we've got like 90% of viewers aren't subscribers. So if you can do us a solid, please subscribe. We'd love to actually get up to the one. I think we're about one. It keeps hovering between like 130, 129. I don't know if it's like bots 
following us than unsubscribing. Mm. But would love to get it to, to the 150 mark come the end of the season and then obviously try and grow it heading into 2023. So if you haven't subscribed yet, get on that for us and, and we'll be very much uh, appreciative of that. Um, but to wrap it up, second week of finals is now on the agenda. So we're running out of trades or I guess if you're in our shoes, Liam, um, there's a lot of us that have already run out of trades and we're on empty. The, the, mm. the, the petrol gauge is running on empty. It's teetering above the uh, the empty mark. So either way, I think we're slowly putting more faith in the Supercoach gods and hopefully the cards fall our way in matchups. So, um, yeah, what more can you say, Liam? Not much. Not much. I can't add, I can't add to that. <laughs> Before but. we sign off as well, should should make mention as well, just the last plug with Manscaped. If you want to get uh, 20% mm. off and free shipping, go to manscaped.com and use the code EDGE. And um, I guess if you're not into Manscaping, you could probably use this as a beer trimmer maybe. Mm. Who knows? I don't know. Report back to me, Liam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Thank you. Yes. What was I've lost it. You could use this as a beard trimmer, <laughs> the ball beard trimmer, and a beard trimmer on your face. Oh, yeah. Oh, maybe. I, I, don't, I, don't know. Ooh, I don't know whether that's. Oh, it's not. I no, no, no. I wouldn't. No, no, no. You don't, don't do either or at the same. You don't do both and then the other one. You'd. you'd like if you're not into sort of manscaping, I oh, think. Oh yes, it's it's an either or situation. Either or, it? like I wouldn't be using it like, <laughs> you know, going from the bottom up type thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's good to know. Good to yep. know. But uh, moving, moving on, moving on. Uh, <laughs> well, the weekend, Liam. What does it present yes. for yourself? Like, it's, what 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 are you hoping for? I'm hoping for my just to not make basic skill errors. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's goal number one. Yeah. And uh, goal number two is, yeah, yeah, it's in the Baha'i, uh, is that I, yeah, I just don't have to rely on Laird because Miller kills it. Yeah, that's That's, okay. that's goal number two, that I yeah. have zero... Zero control over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. We'll be putting faith in the Supercoach gods because either it's the um, – we need to find a nickname for Laird. And yeah. I, I don't want to be mean, but he looks like he's got a block head, like a, the most square-shaped head of all. I think they're blocking – they're like the uh, villains in Gumby. It's either the block head or the running man. Yeah. So you're flushed. Flushed with, uh, flushed with, with options. options there. Love it. Yep. Love it, love it. But uh, best of luck. To you, yep. Damon. You're actually in some Supercoach finals, which is which is nice. Some non-consolation cup uh, <laughs> finals. So good luck. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, if I can book a place in uh, prelim, that'd be good. Um, already in a couple of prelims. So things don't work out this weekend. It's not the end of the world. So not too bad. Um, but hopefully both of us come away unscathed with uh, mm. with no injuries um, because we are both out of uh, out of trade. So. We are putting full faith in the gods. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll report back to you guys how we went this time, same time, same place, next week. Best of luck to all of you out there. Yes, good and luck. We'll catch you then. See you guys. Hi. 
This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.